What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 614 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week. You know how it goes here. We're going to recap some TV stuff, talk about some rumors and gossip, talk about some results from a non-pay-per-view over in India. We will break down some contract stuff, talk about a new Money in the Bank briefcase, all sorts of different topics here. A record's been broken, which is a rarity for us to talk about on the Hot Tags. Somebody might have been Fired from the company, for all we know. That's something that is interesting to talk about. We got a lot to break down on this episode. And if you don't know who we are, I am Tony Mango, joined as always by Robert E. Felice. Hello, everyone. And Callum Wiggins. Hello. And even though you aren't on the podcast, we want to know what you have to say about these topics. So by all means, chime in your thoughts on any different platform that you're listening to us on. If you are on the audio-only streams like Spotify and Amazon Music and such, then you have to hop onto a different thing, which sucks because those platforms don't have a comment section, but you can just post on the page on smartoutmoment.com. You can tweet at us at our personal accounts or at smartoutmoment. You got the Facebook page. You got the Facebook group at the Mega Maniacs. And in particular, if you are on YouTube, which is the best and easiest way for you to interact with us, you got the comment section there. And while you're over there, Hit that like button. Give us a little bit of a boost on the algorithm that way. Hit the share button if you want to pass us around or post on like Reddit or whatever it might be. All that stuff's greatly, greatly appreciated as well as the monetary side of things with the little thanks button, the Patreon, the join button on YouTube. It's the exact same thing as the Patreon. It's just so you get the video portion of it rather than the audio only streams. You got Redbubble and Public for merchandise. And you've got the little super chats if you join us live for things. And if you don't know when we go live, well, you got the little alarm button that you can set. And those alerts will tell you when we go live for the pay-per-view post shows and stuff, which we have a couple of those coming up in the next few weeks. We've had a bunch of them in the past few weeks. We are in a little bit of a stretch right now where it won't be until the end of September for us to do another one of those. But we could also do lives for anything else. And, you know, we might do a live hot tags. For all we know, we might have another live mailbag down the line. We might do a live mock draft or, you know, if you want to do the pick your poison tier, you want us to do a live fan out table. We could try to do something like that. You get to dictate some of that and all of the spare change to us our way is greatly, greatly appreciated. So if you don't have it, make sure you're subscribed. It's another non-monetary uh, way to help us out as well as just listening to this. So thank you for being here. So let's start getting into some of these topics. And I guess let's break down some of the easy things first before we get into the deeper discussions about, you know, additions to the CM Punk situation and AEW or breaking down uh, what could be potentially happening with the trade with Jey Uso. Let's just knock a couple of these other ones out of the way. I think one that we will have less to talk about that we can kind of just breeze through right now, to be honest is Superstar Spectacle, which at one point I had down on our calendar for pay-per-view review, pay-per-view point post-show, all the things that would go with a normal event. And eventually we found out that it was not going to be a normal event. It's just going to be a live show. The level of effort that they put into this got lower and lower as time went on. It's a real shame for the people that are in attendance, but at least one person was able to get that John Cena shirt that they were all wrestling over. 
uh, we have the results. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and it doesn't even seem like it followed suit with what they were advertising in some ways. Veer and Sangha were supposed to get a tag title shot against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They dropped the belts to Judgment Day, and at one point, it seemed like it was going to be Judgment Day against Veer and Sangha. And I was thinking, well, okay, that makes sense. Veer and Sangha probably are going to be the babyfaces, just by default of being in India. And then Judgment Day can retain through some kind of shenanigans, and maybe Veer and Sangha light them out afterward or whatever. No, instead we got Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens as the babyfaces beating Indushare. We got Natalia up against Zoe Stark to replace Becky Lynch, who was supposed to go up against Zoe. They didn't advertise that really all that much in advance, but Becky wasn't able to go. They turned that into a number one contenders match to justify Natalia losing again to Rhea Ripley. I really don't see the point in having Natalia versus Rhea Ripley there, but they just were like, ah, screw it, good enough. Braun Breaker beat Odyssey Jones. We haven't seen Odyssey Jones like at all after being sent to the main roster. Uh, Gunther beat Shanky. <laughs> Little Shanky Mania getting the Intercontinental title uh, situation going on. Uh, Seth Rollins and John Cena beat Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci of Imperium. Great Kali appeared at one point and, according to some reports, said that his career isn't over. Kind of hoping that we don't necessarily see him in WWE wrestling any kind of stint. But this sounds thoroughly underwhelming. And it reeks of, man, if the people really loved it, they loved it because they finally got to see a show. And that's pretty sad, I think. Well, I think in this case, it doesn't matter. But we think because it was clear that this is for the Indian market. I, at one point, we did think they were going to do a proper show like the Saudi shows. But I'm sure the place went crazy. I didn't see any clips or anything yet. Ali said he has one more match in him. He didn't say he's going to do like some run, obviously. He'll probably do a Royal <laughs> Rumble or another match in India at some point. Well, you know, what our main event next week is going to be one more match, Great Khali. <laughs> Against Shanky. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was a fun show for the crowd. You know, they got to see John Cena, which I think any crowd in any arena across the world would want to at this point. Natalia um, was scheduled to face Rhea Ripley regardless. They just had to throw in that extra step because of the Becky Lynch passport incident. She couldn't make it to the show. Sounds like it was decent, you know. People get their flowers. Uh, at one point, there was a fake story around that Randy Orton showed up. He did not, obviously. Yeah, good, good for India. I'm glad they finally got a show. Is this like uh, true about that they have like a five year deal to do these shows? Did you come across something like that? I don't know, honestly. I've seen something about it, but I've seen that. And really, like, look too deep into it. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, they at one point they were going to expand into an NXT India, so mm. they want to tap into that market, which is smart because that's a wild market for what they do. If this is all they have to do for that deal, then WWE really lucked out because if they just need to send a couple people with no, like, 
you don't need to build anything on TV. You don't need to broadcast it. You don't need to do anything, really. You just need to have another house show, but you need to pay for people's travel. Then you do that once a year. If that's it, then they're making a pretty good uh, profit, I'm assuming, out of this. I don't know what they're getting paid, but it doesn't seem like it's taking up a lot of manpower or a lot of investment in any resources for them to really do this Superstar Spectacle show. The name itself is as bland as you could possibly get. It's another element of that. You guys think, think there's going to be anything that comes out of this whatsoever, or is this like already out of the news cycle and we're never going to hear about it again? Oh, we'll see it at some point. We'll see matches from it, even if they're shared at random points on YouTube. I think WWE will eventually release this stuff. And depending on how things go in the market, we could see an actual filmed product in India. But I think this was a proof of concept and a, hey, let's get over there because we've been promising them a show for like seven years. So let's just go. Callum, you can't anticipate maybe Shanky finally now that he's back in a match is going to be used on TV more or something. No, or no. I think that, uh, again, it just stands to a WWE logic approach that have four Indian guys on the show and they all lose. Um, shows how how much uh, how, how much they invest in that talent and how how important that talent pool is to them. Um, yeah, it just seems like a hell show. And the only thing I saw of interest over on um, Twitter from like clips that were going online was there was a really loud CM Punk chant during the uh, Natalia and Zoe Stark match. <laughs> For about like fifteen seconds, which which demonstrates uh, two things. One, it shows that there is a, obviously a very rabid part of the uh, WWE audience that would like to see him back in the company. And second, it's universal across the globe that nobody gives a shit about the women's matches. So that is, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I was surprised to see that they were chanting that as loud as they were, but you know that's part of the WWE experience for the last. 10 years and they've been dying to get that out of their systems and they got their chance. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that if Becky were in the match, there would be less likely of a chance that that would happen. No, I'd, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, look, if it's Becky versus Zoe Stark or if it's Natalia versus Zoe Stark, which one's going to get more attention? You know, I think pe- people are more invested in Becky than Natalia. Sorry, Natty, but it's just, look at the popularity you know there's the difference between there's a hierarchy and maybe people would have been more invested but i mean it is a recurring trend the numbers kind of don't lie you know but i can't imagine that this is going to be something that is going to change the game like the saudi arabia deal or anything i don't think we're going to get some huge push to focus more on signing more people from india going over the shows oh let's bring wrestlemania to india like i don't think we're gonna get any of that discussion whatsoever coming out of this this feels like if it wasn't for the fact that obviously it would if it wasn't for the fact that it was an india show they wouldn't call it anything different it would, it would just be a, a saturday saturday night's main event or sunday stunner but that is the only part of this that gives it any extra boost otherwise it could be in the middle of Bemidji, and it's just a regular house show, which is a shame. I think that that market could deserve a little bit more. 
than what they are given. That's where I disagree. I think we're going to get the full push at some point within the next couple of years because they are a ravenous market for it. And if they can put up the money like Saudi did, then you'll definitely get it. Of course, we don't know how things might change from next week onward. That deal with Endeavor and UFC merger with WWE is supposed to finish next week. So for all we know, two weeks from now, the whole product seems different and they go, well, now we've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. So we're going to switch things up immediately. We gotcha. Ha ha. Here's the big thing. Yeah. Or it could just be business as usual and everything seems exactly the same. I don't know. Um, here's another one. That I think we can kind of breeze past pretty quickly. The Dudley boys have signed legends contracts with WWE. They've bounced around quite a bit in the past few years. You know, we had the couple years or so where Devon was a producer and then he eventually left last year, the year before that. We've seen, of course, Bully Ray pop up in different promotions. He's got his podcast that he works on and all. I see anything in the future happening with the Dudley boys. You interested in them maybe having one more match or they're having one more match at fucking impact 1000. I don't know how this suddenly became, Hey, while they're promoting impact 1000, let's announce that they've signed legends deals. They haven't actually stated anything on signing the legends deal, but while doing the interview with sports illustrated or impact 1000, it was just thrown in there in the write up. They just signed Legends contracts. Hmm. I think that that's great. I think they're one of the best tag teams. We're at a stage in the game where when you are a legend in that way and WWE owns half your library, just you know, get the action figures. If they're not going to stop you from wrestling at Impact, get that too. And do I see them wrestling on my match? No. Not beyond this Saturday at uh, the taping for Impact 1000. But you never know. Don't really have that much to add to it. It's just that, yeah, they've got, they've got their Legends deals. That's I'm sure they'll, they'll um, be, I guess, uh, compensated well for those. And... Yeah, I don't think that's really going to hamper too many of their other obligations anywhere across anywhere else. They won't be showing up in AEW anytime soon. That's at least outside of it. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's um, it would hinder them if they wanted to do some things for Impact or NWA or whatever. Let's talk about numbers when it comes to AEW all-in attendance. That record-breaking gate seems to be actually higher. Than originally reported instead of this being one of those situations where yeah wwe is like we got 118,000 people here and then afterward they're like i assume it's about like 80,000 well this seems like it's a few thousand more than what was stated on the pay-per-view so extra bonus shout outs to aew if you're being able to pull that off that's cool potentially 85,000 in attendance i'm seeing 5,000 paid in attendance that right? I think the number was like eighty three thousand paid, eighty five thousand if you count non paid or something. That's that's really amazing. That's so cool. I'm very happy that they were able to do that. Yep, 
it's a, again, it was a great enough achievement as it was. So any more seats they managed to get in to boost up that attendance even more is just, yeah, yeah it's good for them, good for the company. It's a great show, so they deserve it. You were one of those of attendance? Anyway. <laughs> yes, I was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Legends contracts are over in the Dudley Boys side of things, but somebody who we're going to have to pay attention to to see if they are still under contract or not going forward is Gable Stevenson. Uh, we haven't seen much of that guy in WWE. They made a big fuss over him. They signed him. They eventually drafted him to Raw. We didn't see him at all for months on end. He would pop up once in a while, do like you know the little thing at WrestleMania that he did, and then just disappear for another nine and a half months or so. And there's been all sorts of different things that have come out from the original signing of, well, you know, he wanted to still stick around with the college stuff and do more amateur wrestling, uh, the Olympics. Uh, well, it's a COVID problem or a different problem from some sort of like heart issue or uh, health issue or blah, 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 all these other kind of things that we can't really speak too much on. But he comes into NXT and they do this thing that leads to this Baron Corbin match on pay-per-view. It doesn't get the best results everywhere. I mean, people are booing him and cheering for Corbin, so that's not what they were looking for. And then he disappears again, and it seems like he's going to be working toward this tournament that he's doing well in. And over these past three days, he's dropped out of that. And now Meltzer's reporting that he's gone from the NXT roster internally. He's on the website. But what's going on with this? You've checked this more than I have, Rob. To be clear, I just, I just know what we know, that he got that out of the tournament and Meltzer's reporting this. I don't know too much. I'd imagine that he's still weighing his options. I don't, I don't know. I think I thought he was finally making the decision of I'm going to NXT and that's it. But it seems like there's still more to be told with this story. Any interesting stuff that you've come across, Callum? Or do you think that there's like a hidden kind of message to be unraveled with all this? I've only just seen the, the it being tweeted out that he's been removed from the NXT roster page. I guess it only means one or two things. One, he's being released from the company in general, which would make sense because the fact that this merger is going to happen and heads are going to roll as a result of it and he could be a name high on the chopping block. and Or it means that he's um, being promoted to people Raw SmackDown and haven't decided yet. I mean, I guess it could technically be that he's getting a call up and they're just like not willing to put him in NXT anymore so they have to settle on something for Raw and SmackDown. I didn't even think about it that way. That's the more glass-half-full approach, I guess. Not if you're me. Well, if you're Gable Stevenson, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, fuck that guy. I'm so. not a fan of what I've seen so far, to be honest. And that's been a thing where I, I was willing to give him credit and like the benefit of the doubt with certain aspects of, you know, I mean, not everybody comes into WWE fully formed. That's very, very rare. So, yeah, he could have worked better on the mic skills, worked better on this. Where he's young. I always forget about that. I always think that he's like 40 or something but Why? he's i don't know he's, he's just he looks like he's he should be like closer to my age uh, i don't know if he's 24 I don't, but he's definitely 20s yeah he's young he's he's a kid <laughs> and so like the idea of growing more into a role could have worked but there's the backstage 
problematic parts of you know the accusations that he's had in the past and all. I don't know if that's really something that they want to deal with. I just don't honestly see. I, and I've said this for a couple of years now, and it just keeps getting truer and truer. I don't see where the investment's going to pay off because I don't think that his popularity is something that's going to translate anymore. If he came right out of the Olympics and if he was like a big thing in the Olympics, like, you know, this is a, uh, an example. It's obviously, it's not the hundred percent equivalent, but like, I'm pretty sure even now, if you talk to a regular person on the street, you just say, do you know who Michael Phelps is? It's been a few years since that guy was a big part of the Olympics, but I knew Michael Phelps and I didn't watch the shit of the Olympics. I don't know if anybody really knows who Gable Stevenson is to where they would get like, well, we're going to draw a big crowd by having him on there. And it's been a few years since that's even been as big of a thing. So dwindling time and all these other elements to go with it. Maybe it's good to just cut ties if that ends up being what they're doing. All right. Uh, speaking objectively, just, just about, I really don't care much for Gable Stevenson, but you can't act like just because it's been a few, you know, years since the Olympics that it wouldn't have worked out tremendously if he didn't, you know, stick to it and catch on because Kurt Angle it was almost four years separated from when he won the Olympics. And, you know, that caught on like fire because Kurt Angle's good. Right. Well, that's a big difference. <laughs> like, I haven't seen anything from Gable Stevenson that makes me go, man, you know what? Even if he was not a name and he was just some guy that walked into the performance center, let's invest in that. I haven't seen that from him to justify spending that much because they probably sounded a pretty decent contract too, rather than the experimental NXT group that gets, you know, pennies on the dollar in comparison, or maybe it's just an error. Maybe Melter's stuff is off and maybe he has some kind of injury that's taken him off the uh, tournament. And then at the same time, maybe he's taken out of the internal list on NXT because they're like, well, he's going to spend the next, seven months rehabbing something or, you know, I don't know. It's a confusing situation and it's not something that we have a whole lot of information for right now, but we do need to pay attention to it because he could get released anytime. He could pop up on raw for that matter. What would you like to see them do with him? If they're not just, you know, firing him. <laughs> I would like to see him. He would benefit less from, NXT and more just put him in front of the main roster audience because even in this state of NXT, it's still for the same group of people that want to go see the show every week or the diehards to an extent. Put this guy in front of the main roster audience and sink or swim if you're going to do anything with him. What about you, Callum? Uh, put him in front of 12 of his peers. <laughs> I also support that's good, that. That's a good response. <laughs> I think that's the best way to end this part of the segment because I don't this think is, we can get any this, better than this that. Is, this is the moment you bring back Restless Court. And <laughs> instead of instead of it being run by the Undertaker, it's run by the Executioner instead. 
I I I love Sassy Callum. <laughs> um, let's see here. Let's talk about some some Monday Night Raw stuff. Or uh, well, what do you guys want to do? You want to do Raw? You want to do NXT? Or do you want to do Dynamite slash Punk? You said Raw. I mean, because we got three things from Raw. We got yeah. So knock them out. Uh, they are some longer to let's hold off on Raw. Let's uh let's keep the NXT thing going and just kind of knock that one out. Um, the things that were most interesting in my mind, at least from this episode of NXT, that's worth talking about. Becky Lynch is going to be there next week to fight Tiffany Stratton. Stratton had retained over Keanu James in a match that started off just they were already in the ring and you know hey it's time for NXT we're going to start a match. I was like what this threw me off entirely. I'm used to you know a ten minute promo or something, but. Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton next week is a good way to get some viewers. I don't anticipate Becky is going to win that championship just for the sake of it. I They've do. Done. You do. I do. What the, why, why not? Like, why not? But Becky Lynch, WrestleMania main eventer, Becky Lynch? Yeah, give her the fucking NXT title. What's, what's the harm? I mean, I'm not going to be opposed to having her pop up in there and them try to boost the rating that way. I just assume that Tiffany's going to retain by some sort of, you know, some bullshit. I think if Tiffany, I think using Austin theory at WrestleMania as an example, I think if Tiffany retains by some bullshit, there's nothing for anybody. Let Becky hold the NXT title for a little while. She's not doing anything on raw of any significance. Trish, she finally ended the thing with Trish. We got a few months to go into WrestleMania where she needs to fight Rhea Ripley. Let her run around in NXT. It would be pretty funny if, because Mustafa Ali beat Dragon Lee, and he's going to get that title shot for the North American Championship to Dominic Mysterio. It would be funny if it's like, all right, well, it's Mustafa Ali versus Dominic Mysterio, and our women's champion is Becky, and our uh, Global Invitational ends up being Butch challenging noam dar and you know they just basically go well all right nxt is whoever on the main roster we can spare at the moment and not actually the developmental brand anymore well yeah that's part of what made nxt successful to begin with putting tj on there and letting people you know come down to do some extra fun stuff i think that's that's a smart way of going forward with it. I do see Becky winning. Think we're going to get a title change, Callum? Um, probably not. Just because I don't think that... I think if Becky wins the NXT Women's title, there is no one on that roster that is equipped to take it from her. Because, like, she's being built up for the match with Ripley at WrestleMania. Why would you have her win a title and then have to drop it to some loser in NXT before you give her the title shot. Hanging around NXT, she could cost Becky Lynch the title at some point. That's why I'm, I'm, well, I'm just assuming that Becky, somebody who's going to be feuding with Becky on the main roster, whoever that ends up being, I don't know in particular who it will be, but someone will cost her in that match with Tiffany Stratton and that will be her feud. Yeah. In the meantime, building up to Royal Rumble, they could technically, if they, I mean, if they want to do this, they want to do it for a reason, 
most likely because they think Becky's going to draw some extra views. But they also could just be wanting her to win the championship so they can call her a triple crown winner or a grand slam winner, you know, whatever their designation is. And if they do that, I mean, we've seen the New Day win the tag titles and then just lose them a few weeks afterward. They could technically have Becky in a multi-woman match and somebody else gets pinned. So it's like Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch versus uh, Lyra Valkyria and uh, Keanu James. And then just be like, all right, well, Kiana pins Lyra, so Becky's not champion anymore. It wouldn't be the best way of doing things, and you know I wouldn't be loving it, but that might be their game plan for all we know. And um, stranger things have happened, but I'm just anticipating Tiffany's going to retain, and that they'll do something on Raw, and it'll kind of you know maybe on Raw this week coming up, Tiffany's going to be there. And there's going to continue something with Zoe Stark or something. And then Zoe Stark screws over Becky. I don't know. Dabakato lost a match on here to somebody that's way shorter than he is. He's a tall guy. Not many people are. But it's true. it doesn't matter because he's just losing to Tyler Bate. Well, okay. But in fairness, Tyler Bate is a big, strong boy. <laughs> so Dabakato is big, but Tyler Bate's a big, strong boy. No, Dabakato is a strong boy, too. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's really anything else noteworthy. Diamond Mind, happy to be back. Dia Hale's continuing her heel turn. Dana Brooks all pissy. Braun Breaker hit uh, Von Wagner so hard in the head that he broke the feed and went to black, even though he didn't really know it. That was, that was good. <laughs> I, I think that was so good that there were conflicting reports whether or not and it Wagner was real. actually got hurt. Yeah, there was a thing going around where people had like the pictures of the steel steps with blood on it and and all by the way i mean that was the whole point i I never to be clear like i I thought it was really cool and i think it made him look like a badass him being brown breaker and good Hmm. thumbs up on that spot for me i would also say one thing we missed is that way davenport would be a hell of a fun opponent for becky lynch so that Maybe. would be fun to do if you're going to go in that direction. And you know what? She She's good enough that I think that they could just bring her up to the main roster if they wanted to. I'm going to just look at the NXT roster just to see if there's one name in particular still listed on here. That would be Mako Setamora, who I'd watch Mako Setamora versus Specky Lynch. You know? Why not? She hasn't been seen in a long time. She is still on the roster, though. I think the last thing we saw from her was the Roxanne thing, right? Yes. So that was like... That was February. Oof. I was going to say April, but shit. Damn near a year. All right, so that's NXT. Let's talk about some AEW stuff outside of that little all-in thing that we mentioned. Um, we do have some information about the, like the stuff from later on this week and all. We've got the Dynamite stuff to talk about, anything on that end. And we've got some CM Punk stuff because it's another day. <laughs> so we always have CM Punk stuff. Uh, as far as the TV show is concerned, is there anything standing out to you guys? Because there wasn't really anything for me this week that I felt like 
it was like a, a big talking point. You know, Statlander retained her title, but that was pretty obvious. And Yeah, I think, first of all, the show is... We are a few days without CM Punk, and all three shows are immediately giving the uh, appearance that they're more interconnected. You know, the Bucks are going to be on Rampage. Fox is on Collision. Uh, the, the tournament, the Grand Slam tournament, they're getting it done in a single week because they're just spreading it out across three shows, which is smart to do when you only have two weeks built to Grand Slam. But for me, I think the big takeaway was the segment between Samoa Joe and MJF and how good Samoa Joe still is at being an antagonist and how surprising it is that MJF is a beloved babyface. Callum, what did you think of this angle? Oh, it was an excellent uh, segment. I think, well, I said it was excellent. I think it's it's rare that I say this, but I think Joe ate MJF alive on the microphone. Oh, he did. Um, MJF fell way too much into the fake rock trope of just calling Samoa Joe fat and the crowd didn't really buy into it because they don't they don't see Samoa Joe like that. There's a lot of things you can try and target Samoa Joe for, but you shouldn't really target his weight because because they know he's a killer and they know that he he does a load of cool stuff that so just like, oh you're a fat guy. Like work for Scott Steiner back in like, two thousand six, two thousand seven is not gonna work for MJF in twenty twenty three. Um a lot of fat jokes, a lot of dick jokes, but once they got to the meat of the matter yeah, once they started, once they started taking it seriously, then it was great. Yeah, it but, was a really good segment. Um, yeah, there was like a few interesting stuff on the show. I mean, I, I thought the matches for the most part were good. I mean, they did um, the sex gods beating Aussie Open, and but then having Jericho and Sammy come to blows at the end of it, and just as a quote unquote, well, a spoiler for Rampage, um, they're setting up for a match between those two at Grand Slam. That's a good. That's a good call to do that match on TV. And mm. I think it, that's a good move for the future of Jericho because maybe we can do more pay-per-views without him and maybe that make his appearances feel more special. But I, I like that setup for the Grand Slam. I think they're going to fight for the attack titles at some point soon. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see we'll about see. that as well. But um, I think it's uh, quite... Um, great how Sammy's actually become a babyface again, which is just remarkable. I never thought that would happen, but he's he somehow achieved it. Um, Roderick Strong beat Temperator in the first quarter final, which is to be expected. Roderick Strong's one of the people that could realistically challenge MGF for the title. And then you had Dolby Allen defeat Nick Wayne, which is like another fun match. Um, yeah, I thought the show overall, like the, the recent shows they've had, just seem a lot more. I don't want to say like the old AEW because I don't like being one of those guys. But um, there was, yeah, I thought a lot of it was super fun. Actually, the segment that I thought was actually the best of the night that we haven't discussed was between um, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page. Where now we finally have a program for Hangman Page and it's going to be against Swerve. And Swerve basically spent the whole of that segment cutting down Page saying that he's lost his motivation and that you have this spot and you have this fat new contract and you're eating well and all this other stuff. And I'm scratching and clawing for every opportunity. If I was handed half the opportunities you've been given, I'd be the first black AEW world champion getting in his face and basically saying you can either go home um, 
sit on that contract forever and let me take your spot or you can fight me for that spot but I'm going to but either way I'm taking it so yeah I think I'm I'm really excited for what those two could do together and we're getting uh, uh, the third match between uh, Brian Cage and uh, Adam Page so Cage versus Page next week on Dynamite so um, yeah thought, drawing yeah, attention everything on this show is pretty good third match between them it's a very Tony Khan move because if it wasn't said to you, you wouldn't be like, oh, wow, it's the third encounter between Hangman Page and Brian Cage. I like that Page has a has a program. Like, I, I get entirely what you're saying by not wanting to be one of those guys, but there was a weird vibe to me that, like, oh, Page has a singles program, and Nyla Rose is back in the title picture, even if it's just for a week. It just sort of felt like they woke up and said, can I give some fun stuff to the people we started the company with, even if it's for a couple weeks? And I, I like that. I think that, that works. And even though I am a huge CM Punk fan, and I even though Collision was my favorite show, if you're going to have no brand separation, you might as well do it like this and let these shows tell uh cohesive story i'm glad they didn't actually go ahead and do a full brand split and then you know just a few weeks later backtrack on the whole thing well i mean we do know that brian probably going to be heading up saturday nights which by the way totally fine with brian is great but i'm i'm excited for He's talking about Brian Cage, by the way, for anybody that's wondering. Uh, Daniel <laughs> Bryan, or Brian Danielson. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for the future of the company, and I'm hopeful that the distractions are really gone. Like, we're going to see now whether or not it was just the one guy, but if it was, then maybe we can get back to some good stuff for AEW. Well, as far as uh, distractions being gone, Ace Steel is gone. Yeah, I don't think he was much of a yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, he was brought back as a remote worker from what we've been told just because it was pretty much, I guess we're going to have to keep him on board to appease CM Punk, but we can't really have him around and all. Oh, you know, we've talked about this a million times, so I don't need to beat the point down, but it always seems like it's so much more of a headache than it needed to be worth. And there's more punk stuff. Uh, I don't know how much we want to invest in the validity of what reports are from who and all, but there are still more things to talk about. <laughs> well, first with the A Steel thing, I think um, there's been people that have probably quite rightly put out on Twitter because it's just been well, it's just been reported that he's been released. But a lot of people probably rightly pointed out that if he was just straight up released by Tony Khan in, w in the wake of this, then there could be grounds for like a wrongful dismissal off the back of this because you can't just release a guy because his friend, because he was friends with the guy that you fired. So we need to wait and see what the kind of terms of his agreement coming back into the company was, or whether he requested his release or anything along those sides to kind of justify it because if, yeah Tony Khan said oh yeah fight CM Punk so you can you can go now as well then he might have a, a another lawsuit on his hands but um in terms of the other stuff that has come out about CM Punk so there's been like a big like 
or a lengthy uh, section devoted in the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, based around it, which came up with a few interesting little details. I think people could tell, like, maybe just like um, sniff at this a little bit, but I think realistically Meltz has done one of the best jobs of reporting all this stuff. And I know people will say that he's biased towards the Bucks, but I think that he could be that could be somewhat misconstrued. But he did come up with some stuff, essentially said that um, when Colt Cabana, well, when Punk came in, apparently Colt Cabana was in the midst of um, renegotiating his contract with AEW. And so he's in the process of doing it. And then as soon as, well, then at a certain point, the offer was just dropped completely. And apparently people then had to come in to tell or request Tony Khan, no, we want him to stay around, give him another contract. And so he was then given a contract which um, sequestered him more into a uh, ring of honour rather than AEW. And a lot of people, whether, again, it doesn't suggest that Punk absolutely said that one way or the other, but you can kind of infer that that might be part of the reason for it. And might, like, for, to be fair, that might not even be Punk's doing. It could be, no, it could be something Tony like Tony Khan thinking that there's going to be an issue, so he's going to jump ahead of that beforehand and try to separate them. Fair is fair. Yeah, yeah. As I, he doesn't say that one way or the other. He doesn't say that Punk absolutely requested it. He could just be that Khan expected it to be an issue and so decided to try and, you know, uh, cut it off at the pass. Um, there's a few other things. There's this report that's been going around from Fightful that um, Punk pitched going back to WWE. Um, so he essentially said he was he thought that he would get a, um, a a buyout of his contract from Tony Khan, and that he would then come back, debut in the Royal Rumble, get eliminated in the Royal Rumble by Kevin Owens, and then face Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, which would totally deviate from the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos story that they were telling. Mm. Well, yeah, well, but, but then it would also. That was he could have pitched that in like August, so you know. True. Yeah, and it also could have been about the fact that well, he he was injured throughout that entire period of time as well, so it's not like he could have wrestled at the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania anyway. So, so yeah, maybe it was something that he came up beforehand. There was also this other stuff. So, there's a lot of stuff about him and Young Bucks. So. There was apparently a lawsuit that was issued towards the, or a legal legal complaint, I probably should say more, uh, issued towards the Young Bucks for um, apparently breaching the terms that they were under, that they could not speak negatively about either party. So both sides couldn't speak negatively about the other one. And uh, apparently they breached that due to a skit during an episode of BTE where they do this kind of spot they do the, they did this weird skit which didn't reference CM Punk by name at all but apparently it's because Matt Jackson at one point had to profusely re- apologize for what he had done in the skit Punk assumed well P- Punk and his legal team assumed that that was about him and this should be thing again this is just being reported so so you can take it with a grain of salt if you want to I didn't see the skit but if it's about no, I didn't see either <laughs> If it's about him just apologizing, and if that's like your slander or whatever, that sounds crazy because that's kind of like, I mean, if anything, that would seem like that would be more beneficial for like, hey, and I kept apologizing and I tried to work together. You know what I mean? Like, that seems kind of weird to be like, yeah, you're talking bad about me. You say I apologized for shit. I'm not one of those fucking people that admits when they're wrong. (laughs) 
this is so, so this is what it says verbatim in the uh, observer so it says evidently it was from a bte skit that was a storyline that had started years earlier about matt jackson screwing up an endorsement deal and was brought back where he secured some other type of type of deal that was going to make them all rich only to have that screw up and even with their new contract they were left broke and couldn't retire if they wanted to and they're all furious that they could never re- leave wrestling due to this uh this thing going wrong and in the skit they wanted matt to apologize for screwing up punk's name was never mentioned yeah that sounds so apparently that was yeah and then there's also um the other the last thing that's it's kind of new and interesting they've brought up is um that apparently the bucks were were willing to sit down and talk with cm punk and maybe work things out in terms of potentially putting a program together or something if he was able to um go by without any issues for six months upon his return and then everything kind of hit the fan almost immediately after <laughs> the punk came back so yeah like look at the so, watch right now you know <laughs> And obviously, there's there's two sides to this as well. Again, if it is if it does prove to be accurate, then there's two sides to it. Which is the one side of, well, you can kind of understand the Bucks' position of like, yeah, this guy has been known to be causing trouble and issues beforehand, so we want to make sure that he is fully back committed to this and wants to just get his nose down, and continue working before we want to talk to him. But then there's also the side that they're EVPs of the company and probably should, you know, actually directly be handling this rather than just like keeping hands off until uh, and waiting for this thing to either blow up or work out in their favor. You know, actually, you know, be professionals about it. So I'd, it's one of those, again, one of those situations we all talk about where everyone sucks in this position. Yeah, because I mean, they do have a leadership responsibility that if, say, for instance, they're doing a show and Tony Khan is not around they are kind of effectively the next in line. Oh, and, Brian Danielson is. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it seems like that's the case, but like at a different point, it would be, okay, talk to Kenny, talk to the Bucks, talk to Cody, who's not there anymore. And those guys are also in charge. Now it seems like it's you know changed up a little bit, but that's where you started getting into like, well, you know, if you have a spot on the roster as a performer and you have a spot on the roster as a management person, you need to do both jobs. And yeah, to a much lesser extent, obviously. Yeah. I'm hosting a podcast right now and I'm talking on a podcast and in plenty other roles, somebody could just bring me in and I could do their podcast and it would be a different thing, but I'm also running the audio and the video and I'm going to do the analytics and I'm going to try to, you know, whatever. And if we were to run into a situation where there was some kind of an issue right here that I would need to do something with, as far as like, oh man, I got to make an executive decision. <laughs> then that would be all my responsibility to take off the performer hat and do that. And maybe, you know, maybe that's an issue that was on punks and was like, you don't want to sit down and talk with me. You guys are supposed to be my bosses kind of, well then fuck you or something like, well, I think he made it clear that that was part of an issue as you know, he kind of directed when he did the whole scrum rant, about managing a target and whatnot. But I, I, I stand by my forever statement of, yeah, everybody could have acted more professionally. I think that there is a lot to be in Meltzer's reporting because he's getting it from a side and it's 
pretty clear, you know, where it's coming from. And I think that there's a lot of truth there. Also, I think that they would have ended up working together if this shit didn't blow up. So there's truth there, too. As far as the WWE thing, that to me is the most surprising because I never thought he would go back there. I do think he could if he's not just completely done. But I don't know if he's going to take the legal route here. So maybe we just never see him wrestle again. In any case, I'm sure we're going to have a whole another slew of stories next week about CM Punk because, as you said, it's another day and it never stops. But I think that as time goes on, there's going to be a lot of people who don't want to work with him. And I don't necessarily know if... I don't want to say that that's unfair, but I think he proved that while there was a lot of issues, he was also always willing to do business and try to help out others. So I still think there's a benefit of having CM Punk in wrestling. Is what I'm saying. I don't want him to leave again. I just want him to not have these issues. And your new NWA champion. <laughs> not there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people those shows holding up flat, holding up uh, signs saying the, about trans and abortion rights and stuff yeah, like that. Trans rights well, I mean, you want to make him a top heel, right? Let's <laughs> <laughs> take that um, straight edge society uh, thing a little bit more uh, in that direction. Woke. <laughs> um, what would the CM stand for? What would be some kind of. <laughs> We'll have to ruminate on that. If you have any suggestions, them in the comments below. There's, so I'm sure there's lots of jokes on the table here about that. Um, I still, I don't anticipate that he's going to be popping up in WWE. It wouldn't shock me at all if there are discussions at some point, and then it just doesn't pan out. But I, I will be extremely shocked if CM Punk pops up on a WWE show at some point, whether it's. You know, he's not going to be Roman Reigns and win the fucking championship at WrestleMania 40 for everybody well, that. Uh, that well, about. never say never. I'm not. I'm going to say never say never again, even. I'm, <laughs> I, I am not going to. We still got to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to say never to this because I think there's a fun way to tell a story. CM Punk going back to WWE. Really fun way of telling it. I'm not going to get into the whole fantasy booking aspect of it right now. I mean, there could be a lot of fun things that, as a fan, to watch that shit show go down, I would love to see some of that. At this point, I really would want to see CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. Imagine that happening at WrestleMania after the cancer comments and stuff. Like, ooh. But I just don't I think, see it happening. I think it could. I'm not, I just don't know if it'll happen right now. All right, so let's backtrack talk about monday night raw because i don't think there's anything that's happening on smackdown tonight that we need to talk about right actually let me double check <laughs> maybe they did announce something uh aj styles against jimmy so brawling brutes against judgment day charlotte flair and shotzi taking on damage control yeah who cares um let's talk about the stuff from monday night raw because these things are tangential and all one of them being there's a new briefcase for damian priest 
It was a little gift from JD McDonough. Look how kind of nice of a teammate JD McDonough is. He's giving him gifts. He's helping him out in matches. I don't know why he wouldn't uh, recruit this guy to Judgment Day. But it seems like they are more willing to discuss that after a little bit of some discussions backstage. And one of the things for that is you got the senior money in the bank blue briefcase. Perfect. Looks pretty cool. But first of all, it's a uh, Judgment Day purple and it looks great. Oh, it it looked like more it. blue on my screen. I like it a lot. I like the idea of custom briefcases. Well, I thought he might be coming out with new belts for five seconds, but the new mm-hmm. briefcases uh jd is gonna end up in the group at some point and i think it'll be a, a huge plus when he does because again that's the goal in wrestling is to build other new stars wow it looks a lot more purple but it wasn't on my screen at the time <laughs> the lighting i guess threw me off Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of uh, custom briefcases. I think it's something they should have should be leaning into more often, just because I think that not only does it make the briefcase mean more to the person that's holding it, especially if they're planning on having them hold it for a while, which makes me feel like Priest isn't cashing in for quite a while. Right, I get the same impression because they're, they're going to a custom briefcase, and that's unique to him. Also, a big possibility for merch. Mm. Yeah, and get a powerful Judgment Day briefcase. So they are already selling it, man. Go, go get yourself a replica Senior Money in the Bank case. Yeah, so I think overall it's a it's a it's a net positive. Yeah, I mean the idea being that you can cash in at any time means once somebody wins Money in the Bank, it's forever on the table. That any show it could happen, but once you give them a custom briefcase. You are going to want to push that merch and you're not going to have that sell if he cashes in in two weeks from this. They just gave him tag titles. That's another indication that probably they're going to tell that story going forward and and all. But I still think that they're kind of doubling up and that they should spread the wealth a little bit. I don't think it was. a. It's. I don't think it's going to be a great idea in the long run for them to continue to tell the story of splitting them up. And giving them the tag team titles, and he's got money in the bank as well. You're gonna overload it, and probably in the in the near future, or at least by the end of the year, I think we're gonna look back on this and go, maybe they should have given the money in the bank briefcase to somebody else. We'll see. I I think the bloodline storyline has changed a lot of perspective on certain things, and I think they're overloading the work so well for that they're just throwing all the eggs in the basket of judgment day you mean yep just well you know we got this faction so title shots titles money the bank just everything on there we're gonna go whole hog because we don't know anything else to do at this point (laughs) well uh one thing to talk about from this episode of raw that i thought was a standout moment was with the Miz and the invisible John Cena segment. I thought that this was great. I absolutely loved that. So if you didn't see it, what happened was the cameraman still did the exact same movements that he would do with John Cena's entrance. 
except John Cena wasn't there. So they treated it as the whole, you can't see me invisible thing. Miz had a little argument, gave invisible John Cena a skull crossing finale. This is great. I would just want to put this out there. The cameraman made this work. Oh yeah. Like that made this work. Well, stop. This is dumb. (laughs) It's super dumb. Yeah. Like, it was it was an entertaining segment, and I think it shows that while Miz probably won't ever make it on John Cena's Mount Rushmore of villains, uh, John Cena is definitely on the Miz's, you know, Mount Rushmore of opponents. Because real quick addition, who are the other three in your mind? The Miz. Yeah, uh, Brian Ziggler and the fourth one's going to be a bit difficult. But definitely Brian and Ziggler are on there too. I can see that. Um, yeah, I thought this was fun. I'm hoping that it means this is gonna play around with Cena a little bit more, just because I kind of like Miz when he has a serious goal that isn't like I'm bad about not being in a commercial this week. So hopefully, there's more of that, but less of the invisible stuff, and. I credit to Stu if it was Stu. That is. Credit to Stu for making that work. Checking a cage match right now. John Morrison? I, I did think about saying Morrison. Shining with that. No, that is fair. Hmm. I like I like the stuff with Shane. I was thinking Kofi for a minute there, but hmm. it's a little mini Mount Rushmore here. Um, did you check out the segment, Calum? I know Miz is not your favorite, but what do you think about this? I have seen it. I mean, it's just like it's like funny in its own little in its own little way. I think that those people, the people that probably cheered it, like those WWE people, probably also hated the like Invisible Man matches they did in GCW as well. So it's like. <laughs> So it's like, okay, you're going to cheer this one, but you'd hate that seg- those segments. Like, okay, just be consistent is all I ask. And that's kind of um, where I'm landing on it as well, where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fully say to you this is very dumb. But, like, it at least they were trying to be creative. More you can say for most WWE shows these days. There's an Invisible um, Man match? Yeah. There oh, was yeah, there was a match between Invisible Man and Invisible Stan in GCW. Uh, with uh, Bryce Ringsberg doing an yeah. excellent job refereeing an invisible, an invisible man match. I'm gonna have to it's check this out. <laughs> it's, really, it's, actually, it's actually very funny. That should be the dark cast, honestly. Maybe, yeah. I think, um, but just I want to echo something that I think I said. I don't know if it was earlier this year or I can't remember. Can't remember when it was exactly. Or it might have been actually probably um, early last year. Um, you got John Cena back for about two months, two, three months. Why are you wasting time putting him in the ring with the Miz? <laughs> yeah, and that was last year for Edge. And you were absolutely yeah, exactly. right, to be fair. Absolutely it's, right. It's not, even the fa- it's not even the fact that, like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the Miz, but it's also the fact of we've seen this time and time and time again throughout John Cena's career. Why are we not putting him in the ring with somebody new? Somebody interesting and different. 
just it just seems like a just giant waste of time like is john just here just to be comfortable and just be on screen or is he actually want does he actually want to do something okay well i'm glad that you went there because let's talk about that that is one of my biggest problems with john cena post being honest talking about the miz post that stupid nikki bell engagement thing it seems like he just shows up to do wacky antics and be a caricature of the character he played, you know, 10 years ago. And then he just disappears. And extreme cases of that see him literally tell Austin Theory, you're going to beat me, I'm going to disappear, and you're still going to be fucked. I don't love that. That's why I'm excited that he's going to be around for two months. Because I'm hoping that means they're going to actually do something but I do agree in that it does seem like John Cena is way too comfortable just being, well, I know I'm an over the hill guy, so I'm just going to do my shtick and get out of here. You know, like if you remember the, the match he had with, with the heat team with Owens against Roman and Zayn, and it was literally just, he came in, did the five moves and was done. And it's like, there's so much more you can do with John Cena. And I hope that they explore that. Yeah, we're all hoping for you know, like a Cody Rhodes match or a feud with like a Grayson Waller or <laughs> something where you can look back on him being there and go, well, we got something out of this. Instead of just, remember how he was there for a couple weeks to bump a rating? Well, I want them to tell the, like, look, I want the Rhodes match. I think Waller would be fun. But I want them to tell the story of as my career is winding down, I want to see if I have what it takes to actually become champion and be champion one last time. But when I lose it, like Edge did the perfect promo earlier this year. I want the world title. And then when I lose it, I'm done. I'll just retire. Like That's kind of the angle I'd like to see from John. Well, uh, poo poo pee pee is what he has to say. Yeah, he's, he's really doing poo poo pee pee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see if we get anything more on SmackDown tonight with that. But uh, oh, he's in India. Oh fuck, that's right. Ah, uh, so he's not even gonna be on SmackDown this so starting episode. Ne- starting next week, he'll do like seven episodes of SmackDown. Unless they pre-taped something. Maybe they'll have like a backstage thing or something, but yeah, I forgot about that. Ooh. Uh, here's another thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, although the bigger topic is, you know, the fact that it didn't happen more than anything else. Chad Gable failed to win the Intercontinental Championship, which means Gunther got those extra couple days and he is still currently reigning as Intercontinental Champion and he has surpassed honky tonk man's record he has broken it and he is now the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time and if he were to hold on to that belt until mania in one title reign he would also have the cumulative longest reign as intercontinental champion over anybody apparently there's a well, chance that could happen. Just sold me on that. Then I, then I think he should keep it Domania. It might. Ha- I still am hoping that Gunther wins the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania and he beats Seth Rollins, maybe, or 
you know, depending on what happens with Rollins, maybe if they trade about with somebody else in the meantime, but if he is still holding the intercontinental title, you know what? I mean, if you're breaking another record in the process, you know, he can win the intercontinental, uh, win the world heavyweight title later on in 2024. Why not just, just do, I know this, this isn't a normal thing. Just have him win the world title as intercontinental champion. Could always do that too. Champion yeah, versus and champion. Just forfeit it and then yeah. they still count. That's, uh, yeah. you know, an Intercontinental Champion winning the Royal Rumble or something and doing the Ultimate Warrior thing, beating Hogan at Mania. It's happened before. I mean, Warrior didn't win the Royal Rumble, but... He would it, also become the first ever Intercontinental Champion to win the Royal Rumble, I believe. Hey, incumbent Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, he would pull that off. I mean, records left and right when it comes to that. <laughs> and, and look, for anyone who says, well, they complain about the Roman thing, this is different. And I will explain why this is different. You have to watch video upon video, whether it's Hunter, Sean, Brett, doesn't matter who, they're always all the Intercontinental titles of the working man's belt. And that was represented by the Honky Dog Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just so glad that it's finally represented by a wrestler because the common thing is this is the wrestling belt. When Hogan was doing poses, Brett and Sean were wrestling. Now you have a guy who embodies that. And admittedly, I was ready to see Gable win as soon as possible now that you broke the record. But now that you've mentioned these other records, I think you should just, just keep it, you know? You mean Gable uh, Stevenson, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly who I mean, <laughs> Gable Stevenson. But it is one of those those um, tropes with WWE that as soon as they have someone break a record like this, they lose it the week afterwards. That's usually the case. So that's something that we have to really pay attention to because if they book him for something that seems very like this stands out as special, like, you know, oh, he's in a an ODQ match in uh, what's the next pay-per-view? Uh, Fastlane. Like if he's at Fastlane and he is in an ODQ match and they start setting up that the Giovanni Vinci stuff is actually going to blow up and that Ludwig Kaiser is more annoyed and that they can fight with Gunther afterward and they're going to cost him it. And, you know, there's, we're going to have to pay a lot more attention now than what we were in the past few weeks about, we, we were all kind of assuming that he was going to retain and that he was going to break that record at this point on it's anybody's game. They still probably are going to keep him strong. I can't picture that like this next episode of Monday Night Raw fucking uh, Apollo Crews is going to come out and just be like, hey, I want a title match and then just pin him, you know? But it could yeah. happen. Now he beat I mean, the record. It could happen, but that would suck. So if you had to pick because eventually he's going to drop that title. It's just, you know, I mean, he's not going to hold it until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on how fast the heat death of the universe comes yeah, around. That's I mean, a good point. Yeah. I mean, the way that a lot of things, it was fucking 97 degrees here yesterday. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. It's September. I want to wear pants. I want to have a light jacket on. I don't want to sweat my ass off. Well, assuming the world at least lasts, a couple more years and you can book the end of his intercontinental title reign. 
what would you like to see and what would you like to see be the next champion? Chad Gable beats him in an Iron Man. Maybe at WrestleMania or something. Just they're telling a really good story with them. You know, and it's making Gable be more serious. Even their arrival he hasn't really had since say, you know, be a dragon of. I think Gable might be the guy. I think there's there's multiple options. I kind of haven't narrowed down to five, which would be Chad Gable, of course, Sheamus, because I think that's there's kind of just a, a finality of Sheamus finally getting the belt from him. I do want him to win the um, belt at some point. Yeah, um, Pete Dunne, as Pete Dunne, hopefully, but probably Butch still. Uh, Tyler Bate or Ilya Dragunov. I like the idea of Dragunov doing it because you then tell the story of him being kind of uh, Gunter's kryptonite. <laughs> the like Gunter he's Slayer. The one guy that knows how to beat. Yeah, he's the one guy that knows how to beat Gunter. I would rather them go in a different direction rather than to repeat the NXT UK guys of like Tyler Bate, Dragunov, Butch. Uh, if they didn't already do all the Sheamus stuff, then Sheamus probably would be my number one. And if he wasn't on the same you know, roster situation and all. Of course, they don't give a shit about that whatsoever. But if we were to keep it to Monday Night Raw and keep it as just the Raw people and not switch anybody over, no drafts, trades, you know, whatever, Jey Uso is a possibility that I wouldn't be opposed to. Yeah, giving him a singles run with a belt. Johnny Gargano, of course, is somebody that I... I'm a huge fan of, so I'd be fine with Johnny Gargano winning that title from him and giving him something that he could put in the uh, history books for himself and kind of carry that working man's title going forward. Wouldn't be opposed to somebody just kind of moving up from NXT in the meantime and all that. Again, that's staying away from just the pure Monday Night Raw thing. But that would probably be my main two. I don't, I don't want Cody to beat him for that belt. Cody's got to win the world title, the actual WWE title. I don't want Drew to come back around to it or Matt Riddle to win it from him or, or anything. It'd probably be either Gargano or Jey Uso. Um, if we were going to like settle on when that would be, I mean, Gargano, it would kind of depend on when he returns because we don't know what the hell's going on with that situation. But I'd be fine with them having that happen at Fastlane even, or, you know, by the time that we can get around to, I don't know, I guess it depends. Cause if they do survivor series this year, which I'm hoping the way that they do it is the brand versus brand thing. Then they should do champion versus champion. We should get Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. We should get Rhea Ripley versus EO sky. And then I'd be more interested in Gunther going up against Rey Mysterio or if he drops it to like LA Knight or something. I mean, Rey Mysterio versus Gunther would be fun. I'd rather see that. So I'd rather them keep it a little bit longer than that. At the same time, think of Johnny Gargano versus Rey Mysterio. I'd be fucking down for that too. Um, but I, I'd be fine with him losing it prior to Royal Rumble. 
And then that way he goes into Royal Rumble as like, you know what? I lost that championship, but it's a record breaking thing. I have more motivation now to get another title. And you saw what I did last year. I started the Royal Rumble off and I got it to the very end and I barely lost. You better fucking watch out this year. I'd be down for that. Because then you can turn pretty quickly. He lost the belt and any steam that he would lose from that. He wins the Royal Rumble right afterwards. Suddenly he hasn't really lost any. Gunther's awesome though. If you uh, beat him the right guy... He doesn't lose any steam. You know? Yeah, I mean, if there's ways to lose the championship without a record-breaking thing and for everybody to win. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of revisiting some of the NXT UK rivals simply because who was really watching UK? So maybe there's some gems there that people could say, oh, you know, I'm really glad I got to see that. I think Jey Uso... Is my pick to eventually become a world champion and win that title? I don't know if they're going to give him an icy title run, but I like. There's a lot of cool options, and that was one fun thing about Raw was you're seeing like a lot of top players that can be moved around and you know eventually lead to something special. A name that we didn't bring up, Sami Zayn, you know. Good Sami Zayn Gunther match would be a lot of fun. Like with proper build at a major pay per view. What was the last thing you said after the build? Uh, with with a proper build on on a major pay per view, you yeah. know, a good Sami Zayn match. But the Rey Mysterio thing at Survivor Series, another great match if Rey can, you know, turn it on one more time. Like there's there's so much there. That's what makes him so. Well, we are talking about Ray or <laughs> a Ray J. I was gonna say Ray Uso. Uh, we are talking about Jay Uso. So let's get our final topic out here for this episode. They said on Monday Night Raw, Adam Pierce didn't specify in too much detail, but he did specifically say Jay Uso being drafted to Monday Night Raw has opened up that SmackDown will get a trade in compensation. It doesn't have to happen this week. It doesn't have to happen in any particular way. They could, of course, we have to put this out there, completely ignore this and not follow through with it whatsoever because that's WWE. It happens all the time. So do not be shocked if eight people go over to SmackDown and they just go because they just fucking did. Because that's a lot of the responses. Just, they, it happened, shut up, and then move on. Or we could get a big story coming out of this. And I think that it's more of the latter. Because they did set up an idea. Drew McIntyre is upset that Jey Uso is on Raw. Sami Zayn's cool with it. Cody Rhodes is, of course, cool with it. Matt Riddle's not super cool with it. Other people probably are going to be upset, too. And... The way Pierce had said it was something along the lines of you being here is not going to make everybody happy. And when somebody gets traded, that has the potential to upset people even more. I get the sense they're splitting up a tag team. 
and that that's going to lead into somebody being upset about that and wanting to get revenge on Jay and or Cody for opening up that can of worms. And there are two names that stand out to me more than anybody else. Splitting Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle, mostly to send Matt Riddle over to SmackDown. And then Drew's like, hey, we were just getting started with this tag team and I've already been upset about this. So now I have even more of a reason to turn heel and have this feud with Jay and have a feud with Cody because that that's a pretty marquee feud set up. You know, you got two feuds for the next couple months, Jay versus Drew and Cody versus Drew. I can fuck with that. Or Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn split up. And I think in that scenario, it makes more sense for Sammy to go to SmackDown because he's already cool with Jay. So why would he be upset and change his mind and then just start that all over again? Kevin, we don't know what his position is on Jay Uso being here, but he's been doing this whole angry gimmick for a while. And he's been very much like, can we get away from the Usos? They lose their tag titles. Sammy gets sent over to SmackDown and Kevin Owens can be like, God damn it, man, you're just, you sent my buddy over there and now I'm mad. But for all we know, this could be like Tegan Knox. And that's, that's their whole plan is just, well, you know, now, now Tegan Knox is going to be on SmackDown and we're going to justify it by saying that that was the trade. I thought of some other names. I'll, I'll say, first of all, they put this out there because they have a plan. The only reason I even think they remotely have a plan is because it involves the bloodline, which is the only thing they care about. So they probably have something. I think a name that you did not mention, because I think Sammy is a great option. But I think Becky Lynch. Again, he's not doing anything on Raw. You move Becky Lynch to SmackDown, suddenly Seth Rollins, who's already pissed that everybody's talking about Jey Uso being on Raw, is upset because now he's spending less time with his wife. And that gives an excuse to put them in each other's line of sight, potentially putting the world title on Jey Uso, and having some fun there. I think there's a real possibility that Becky Lynch be the option. And that would be a major move because Becky is the top in all of WWE. It granted it, it overstacks SmackDown with Charlotte and Be- Bianca and Becky and Bailey, but I think for storyline purposes and for the purpose of upsetting Seth Rollins, that's a good option. I think there are a lot of elements that would get in the way of that though. You said about like overstacking SmackDown's one thing. It seems like they want to keep Charlotte and Becky away from each other too. And then there is the backstage reality of Seth and Becky would want to stay all stay on the same show. So it would be kind of weird to just be like, oh, sorry, we're going to move you around and you got to deal with it. I'd, I'd question the logic of uh, New King Raw's entire women's division in order to make Seth slightly having to face Jay and then wanting to face Jay use off the back of it. That uh, doesn't work for me, brother. Plus it also takes away the Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley feud. 
Well, yeah, exactly. That is your inter- that is the only because th- otherwise it's just Rhea Ripley beating someone else every week. Yeah, until <laughs> until, until she beats time. a random person at Mania. That's totally mm. fair. I see the logic behind it, though. And you know, if we had a more balanced roster, we could play around with that more. Then that's definitely an option. But I can't imagine it's going to be Becky. I also don't think it's going to be Damian Priest. I saw that some people were tossing that out there, that that could be the way that they would split him off from the Judgment Day, and then they could split the tag titles, and then it's like he brings the SmackDown tag titles over to SmackDown, and uh, Finn keeps the Raw belts, and that kind of I think that that's way too complicated. The way that people have really put some thought into this is like, oh, this will be great, because <laughs> then Damian just takes the belts, and he takes Dom with them too, and it's like, no. That's not how life works. It is funny because it's like people do that and they're like, oh, if da- if Damien were to do that and uh, Dominic goes over, then Dominic's going to the same show as Ray and then they could do the Ray thing, whatever. And then there's other people that are like, <laughs> they're just sort of like, oh, man, that's great for Nikki Cross. And you're like, wait, what are you going from? And they're like, because I like Nikki Cross. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're just going to put her in anything, right? You know, this is how they get Emma back on screen. Okay, why? Because I run an Emma Stan account. <laughs> um, I, one thing I will say is this provided a really good through line on Raw where Jey Uso opened the show, Brave segment with Sammy. There were, he was mentioned by Seth, Judgment Day, just all these people. And it made it seem like, okay, wow, people are actually watching the show they're on. I, I really enjoyed the presentation there. Any other ideas you guys have of what they might do for the trade that we haven't talked about? Kind of um, scrolling through my list right now, and I'm not really because I mean, realistically, you have to kind of limit it to who's on Monday Night Raw right now, and not that they're going to do some other kind of bouncing back and forth. You can do like there's plenty of lame options. Like you can go, and we traded the Miz, and that's how that's why we've been doing Miz versus LA Knight because we were just gonna put it on SmackDown. Or Ricochet because Jay Uso is the new focal point in that upper mid card range, and we got no spot for Ricochet, so we're just gonna send him over to SmackDown, open up an extra spot that way. I mean, like yeah, like that would be shitty to me. Um, as I look through, that's all the more reason why I think Matt Riddle is a good choice. Because Riddle's not doing anything; he's already had his feud with Seth Rollins. He's already feuded with Imperium and Judgment Day, and all these. Like, you know, maybe send Riddle over. Yeah, I just scrolled through the roster real quick. There's no one like that would make a huge difference if you move them over, like. Uh, Riddick Moss is on the Royal roster apparently. You know, that that wouldn't make any moves. Gotta get them main event matches in. <laughs> uh, there, there's a ton of options. I think the best one is split up Sammy and Kevin. Even though I don't want Sammy and Roman on the same show, I think the idea of that being the only way that they were you know, relevant, even though they had a decent tag title run. They really all kept going back to the bloodline. Probably your best bet. There's also just the obvious of 
moving Cody. We didn't talk about that. That's true. It could be that it blows up back in the whole. This started off as Cody bringing him in, and then Cody switches over. Yeah, that could work potentially. That would give you Cody on SmackDown in the same spot for Roman and away from Seth Rollins, so it doesn't have to be like, why isn't he challenging for that championship? Eh, the I, Cody thing could work. I think there's there's a lot. There's a lot you can do with this show. Jay Uso screwed up something. Like, for example, if Roman fought Seth at Summer's at Survivor Series, Jay Uso screwed Seth Rollins accidentally because he was going for Roman. But that makes you think it's the fix in. Yeah, like, there's just a lot of things you can play with. Gun to your head. You got to make a pick. Who do you think is getting traded as far as five o'clock on uh, Friday afternoon before any other storyline details come out? What are Sammy your picks? Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane for Rob. What about you, Callum? Um, uh, McIntyre. As much as I want to say it's going to be Riddle, I'm kind of now leaning towards Cody. They announced that Cody's going to be on Raw next week. Right. Well, it they, doesn't have to be announced. the trade next week. You know, they could do the trade two months from now. I mean, that makes the most sense. Why would sad. they do that? <laughs> Why would they do anything? But why, they, why, 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 why would why would SmackDown in kayfabe agree to say, okay, you can get this guy and we'll get a trade in three, two or three months' time? No, they just they specifically were like, you know, it's going to happen at some point, rather than uh, you know, over the course of the next few days, or because then you would assume that they would just do it tonight, and we would just get somebody pop up on SmackDown tonight. You only yeah, that's what they should do. They should, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if you apply logic to WWE. The whole house crumbles. <laughs> As we're not, so we're not going. So we're not going to critique this for them being stupid. Uh, this entire, this entire process. Wasn't that what the whole podcast? <laughs> is? <laughs> I mean, we always call out how stupid a lot of those things are. That's why I said, like, there is a very good chance that they don't even do this, and they just set this up, and then oh, yeah. next thing you know, they're like, we're at WrestleMania time, and we're like, hey, nobody switched over to SmackDown, and then somebody asked Triple H, and he goes, well, you know, plans change. <laughs> The only reason the one they I, should do, the one they should do is Cody. Cody is the one they absolutely should do. If I would have like done Cody at a random point in time. I would have, I would have announced Cody a payback. I would have been like, "Yeah, my political stroke. I put Jey Uso on Raw, but that means I'm going to SmackDown because I want to finish the fucking story." That's what I would have done, and it's basically what I would do, except for the idea that they put it out there. Somebody's going to be mad about this, Jay. I can't imagine if people would be too mad. Cody went to SmackDown. Right. And I guess there's a possibility that WWE would be like, well, we booked a Grayson Waller effect segment for the pay-per-view. And the whole thing we have in mind is that he's going to announce that Jay Uso is coming to Raw, which has nothing really to do with Cody for the most part or Grayson Waller at all. And if we're going to try to milk it for that, then let's try to milk 
who's going to be the trade and then come back to this rather than have Cody say, I'm going to SmackDown. I can start a feud with Grayson Waller, but I'm going to go to SmackDown and my replacement is whatever. And you get it done in one segment. They might just be like, how do we spread this out? Which is not my favorite philosophy, but I, th- I think Cody is the right. Move. I'll say that. I think stupid line about Jey Uso upsetting people aside. I think Cody is the absolute. Right move. And that could be a red herring. Probably no. Or they could just have tossed that out there without having a single idea what they're doing. They might be sitting around the conference table right now going, shit, we said that we were going to have a trade and we've got zilch. What do you got in mind? Oh, I'm going to pitch Otis and we're going to split up Chad Gable that way. Oh, I'm going to pitch (laughs) Marseille. Maybe, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out either tonight or questionably in the future if at all but if that does happen when it does happen we'll talk about that on the next episode of the hot tags or whatever pay-per-view we might be getting into or something that's going to do a sense for this one we've got the smackdown episode tonight and whatever other topics that might roll into next week and the main event that we haven't quite figured out yet So we've got a lot of options for what we can do. If you're interested in us coming back around to that, what if CM Punk hadn't left WWE discussion? What if John Cena had gotten fired in 2002? We do still have some superstar scores on the back burner, but we just did one of those. So I highly doubt that we're going to do that. Um, We could move up those tier lists. I know we got to pick a poison in the works from Marco. Thank you for that, Marco. We got to pick a poison in the works from Guts Five about Impact One Thousand. So that's next week, I think. Next Thursday, we're gonna have to try to figure out some details for that. But in any case, as you're leaving your thoughts in the comments below and telling us what you think about these topics, what your picks are for the trade for Jey Uso, who do you think should beat Gunther and dethrone him for the Intercontinental Championship, any of that stuff. Then also let us know what you would like to see us do in the future. And if you do want to check out what we have, you should be following us all over the place. So subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartCut Moment. Check out everything happening on SmartCutMoment.com because there are things outside of the podcast that happen on the website. There's also FanboysAnonymous.com for everything on the geek culture spectrum, movie reviews, TV show talk, not too much TV show talk. I don't really dive too deep into that anymore. But yeah, every once in a while, I get the urge to do something. And I'm probably going to start The Changeling this weekend. Seems like it could be a pretty fun show. Um, mostly movie stuff over there, though. But you know, I've got a lot of ideas that I want to do on that. And and eventually, you guys are going to be seeing that Marvel versus DC discussion. Because I've done a lot of work for this. And that's, yeah, it's I something that I'm that, really having a lot of fun with. I uh, think at this point, that's going to be our next like, staple podcast. Because there's been a lot of work into that one from Tony. Yeah, that's a cornerstone edition for sure. I still haven't decided if I'm going to put that on Fanboys or Smart Cow Moment. On both. I might try to split it in some way and do because I mean I got like 60 matches, 70 something matches. I don't know. So I might try to do like, hey, the undercard is on one site and then the other site got the other thing, or maybe here's the presentation of the card on the one and then the other one's got the results or I, I don't know if you have any ideas of how you'd like me to split it up let me know too um maybe i'll do a fan boat poll on some of that i don't know we'll do something but that's 
potentially going to pop up on Fanboys Anonymous around the time of Survivor Series because it's all based off of Survivor Series. And if you do want to share your support for that, you got YouTube, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff you can find on fanboysanonymous.com. I still do work on the Blueprint Project. Practically every day I write some kind of a note for something, whether it's like here's a, an extra little note for Stiltman that I wrote on the Daredevil Blueprint the other day. Yes, Stiltman is a thing. Or <laughs> I added some notes from watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So I added that into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles blueprint. There's Star Wars, there's Power Rangers, Batman, Superman, James Bond, all sorts of different things there. So if you like that stuff, check out the Blueprint Project. Sponsor stuff directly. Shout me out to DC and Marvel and all those things, because the more that you do that, the more chances they can see it. And you should also be checking out everything else that's under amangotree.com. Find that link hub. Hit the like button on all those things, or the follow, or the subscribe, whatever it might be. Check out my letterbox. Check out my Facebook and Twitter at Tony Mango. And check out Robin Kell. Yep. Check me out everywhere at DuChoice. Um, check out my work on Fightful. Check out WrestleZone. Check out Sean's work at Fightful. Obviously, if you like the CM Punk stuff, Sean Ross app. Super on top of that stuff. Check out Fightful Overbook. There's plenty of great interviews there as well. And uh, as always, dudepolice.com forever coming soon. But Callum also has some fun stuff. Yep. So follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the power rankings every Saturday over on tomarkomoment.com, where I rank the WWE superstars based on their previous week's performances. And you can also check out the Fantasy League, where our team's been updated following payback. So we've got some new members on each of the teams. We'll be pick, continuing to pick up points on the road to false line. And yeah, that'll be where the next like big updates take place. But make sure you're following along at www.fantasyleague.com. I'm very glad that I got Gable Stevenson off my team with the idea that they might end up firing him. <laughs> if yeah, I just narrowly avoided that punishment, man, what about a yeah, the good massive, timing? Like, the, the massive fifty point, uh, the massive fifty point deficit you get if someone gets released while they're on your team. Right. <laughs> Imagine that being the case where if I would have waited for an extra like couple weeks, and then it's just like. Oof. Well, uh, more of any of this kind of talk, more Fantasy League stuff, more everything coming to you in the future from SmartCon Moment. So make sure you are checking back in with us. And we hope you had fun with this edition. Thank you for checking out episode number 614 of the Hot Tags. Adios for now, though. This has been another Smart Out Moment. And we are being counted out. <laughs>